Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes. And on this episode, I am so, so excited to be bringing on a dynamic speaker and consultant and trainer, and she's just awesome. Her name is Heather Younger, and she gets it. We, they call her the Employee Whisperer. And we are going to talk about um, helping leadership teams find their truth today. So she's going to give you some awesome nuggets, and I am so excited to have her. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. This is exciting to be here. I'm like, I haven't done a podcast. I've obviously I've done my own podcast, mm-hmm. but I haven't been on someone else's show in quite a while. So it's exciting. Thank yeah, you. we're, we're going to have a nice conversation. Um, so um, everyone will be able to check out my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. And you'll be able to see her bio and, and all of that and links to how to get in touch with her. But just tell them very briefly a little bit about, you know, where did the employee whisperer come from? <laughs> That's funny. Um, as I was kind of in my career, I started out really in the customer experience space. So the, in the external customer was my main focus. But as I was being the external advocate for customers, I was leading teams. And those teams would always come to me with just like people that were in my department, people who were outside the department, just asking questions like, what is going on in our organization? It seems like there's a lot of secrecy. Uh, the leadership team, we don't see them that much. What's going on? So they would be asking me questions. And I would always be the person, kind of that mediary, the intermediary that would go from there and them to the leadership team, them to other managers. And just, I found that I would listen more astutely than I guess most of the other people that they would go to uh, would. Mm-hmm. And so then after I transitioned into the external or the internal customer from the external, basically the, the, the employee, um, then it just became, it became heightened. My focus was then let me now be helping organizations listen more effectively to their employees uh, so that then they can use that to help drive their strategy. And that's how it really just evolved over time. Oh, that is so awesome. So when you are working with, and I love the way that you framed it in terms of the external client um, or customer and the internal customer, because a lot of organizations don't recognize that their employees are actually the first customer. Um because they're the ones that have to buy into your vision. They're the ones that have to buy into your branding and your messaging and everything in order to really be excited about doing things for you to get you the external customer. So I love the way that you describe that. Um, I want to jump into this. And when you talk about your past experience with, with help, with listening um, to people, when you talk about helping leadership teams find their truth, what exactly are you, what, what constitutes their truth for you? Well, I mean, it's whatever that they need to find out what they need to get to the bottom of. So it's, you know, Sometimes I reveal that truth to them through the voices of their employees because they're not either don't have the time to listen or just aren't properly listening and acting upon what they hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but often, so for, so for example, I say that because I help them find their truth through executive coaching. So if we're in a coaching session, they're trying to get to the bottom of what, what is their barrier? What's their barrier to moving forward with an employee um, in their role, trying to get promoted, right? So I'm trying to help them find their truth there. I'm helping them find their truth when we do, for example, roundtables with them to discuss strategy or strategic planning. They have to get to the bottom of what are they going to be their key strategic initiatives they're going to work on. What's going to be looking like for the next five years, right? So it's always going to be what is their truth. And I help them find that first, I think, by making them think and, and think outside the box. And secondarily, I think it's collaborating mm-hmm. between each other. So what happens is everybody's kind of going along their way, doing their own thing. Right. And they're not talking to each other. 
Right. What I find is when I get in the room, I start to make them think differently and talk about things they weren't talking about before. And boom, they're able to land on that truth that they need for that minute, that instant, uh, to help them move forward. And that's really the key. So in that context there, and of course with the employee engagement stuff I do with employee engagement surveys and all that survey comments, and they're not going to take the time to look at that. So someone has to really bear down and look hard at what, what their, their people are feeling and be able to boil up some key concepts to them to be able to help them move forward because otherwise it's super overwhelming. Yeah. You know, and, to receive and, that. And you, and, you and I have talked about the fact that this type of work is not easy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is, it is detail oriented. It is, it, it takes time. Um, it's not for the faint of heart and it's not for the impatient. Um, and, and I, and I know from, you know, the people that listen to this, you know, we've got um, DNI experts, we've got HR people, we have, you know, leaders and, and managers and employees themselves and people who are just trying to figure out how to navigate all of this. When you talk, as I, I know every time I go in and I talk to a group and I say, you have to start talking to each other and having conversations and they're rolling their eyes and looking at me and say, we have a deadline to meet, we've got stuff to do, we don't have time to talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, true. so how do you get them to buy into that? I mean, I know when you're in the room, they have no choice because you're telling mm-hmm. them, okay, this is what we're going to do to navigate this process. But how do you get them to start opening up to being more welcome, welcoming to that idea of, you know what, we have to take the time and make the time to actually talk and listen to each other? I, you know, I... <laughs> For the, most of the people that do business with me probably have either already read my book or they watch my little, you know, minute week, uh, one minute a week tips that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they have exposure to me. So they know that listening is kind of my key platform. Okay. So they know I'm always going to be talking about it. And, and I'm always going to question whether they're doing it. So I'm kind of an auditor while I'm there and engage with them, right? I'm kind of paying attention to that. Uh, within their employee base, what they're doing with their customers, what they're doing with one another as it relates to listening. Mm -hmm. I do think that listening is the key driver to almost everything else that a business wants. So if you're listening to your customers, if you're looking to listen to your employees, if you're listening to each other as a leadership team, you're going to achieve much more than if you are in your lane Mm -hmm. and you're keeping focus on just your lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think when I'm coaching them, I'm going to be having those conversations with them. How can you listen more effectively and show you some strategies to do that? Maybe you need to carve out more time one-on-one when you're not in the group, one-on-one with your team members, one-on-one with the leadership team, whatever it is you're trying to get accomplished. Mm-hmm. Having that time carved out is going to be key. Now, when you, when you talk about guiding them on how to listen, um, and, and some people are like, well, you know, I listen. And I'm like, no, no, you really don't. You're, you're, you're listening to respond. You're not listening to understand. So, and especially now with all of the information that we're bombarded with, and, and I know from leadership teams and employees, there's like all of this stuff coming at them all the time. What tips would you give them in terms of how to be able to listen effectively? One of the biggest things I tell people, and it's funny how people don't, how many people don't do it, is to, when you're listening to someone, repeat back what it is you heard. That's, it's just the basic skill, but most people don't do it. And so if someone says something to me, like, um, you know, I'm really frustrated because you just, you weren't listening to me and this thing happened and you failed to do this thing. And I'll say, okay, let me just make sure I'm clear or I understand what you're saying. So you think that because I was doing this, this happened, and then because of this, this failed to happen? 
Mm. And they'll say, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. So when I just do that thing, when I go back to them and I give them back what they said to me, first they're like, what the, (laughs) that person actually heard me. So, wow. Like they were listening. And then the fact that I give them back, it just empowers them. It makes their words feel feel powerful. And we all, we take our voices very seriously. And you think about us as like babies when we're first born and that, that we, we're crying and we're cooing and we're making these noises and our parents or our, our um, family responds to us. Mm-hmm. And they either do respond or they don't respond. And sometimes them not responding is a good thing. It allows us to kind of work through our own issues, right? But in the end, them listening to our voices makes us realize that this thing we have that comes from the vocal cords mm-hmm. actually means something. And so anybody, whether you're another leader, whether you're an employee, whether you're a customer, we all want to feel heard. And that's the issue. That's what we do is if we can repeat back what it is that we've just heard them say in a way that makes them know it. And, and of course, minimizing sarcasm if possible. Um, yeah, that helps a lot. Sarcasm thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, so what you think is that I totally screwed up. Like, right. Like this is the kind of way you could really go with it. Um, but I think it's, it's trying to remain, remain objective and I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I am not perfect at this. This is not about perfection. It's a journey. It's about continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I'm an emotional person. This is why I do the work I do, right? I can pick up the emotions of people. I can corral those emotions and I can give you some objective feedback. But because I pick up on the emotions, I also am an emotional person. Right. So there are times where I'm like, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, people can't see me, but I like, just want to growl. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I go, okay, let me <sighs> take a deep breath. And then I say, okay, here's, here's what I heard you say. And let me just make sure. Because what I do first is I assume positive intent. Oh, that's great. That's so when great. I talk to leadership teams, I always say like, and even when I'm doing executive coaching, it's like you, I need you to assume positive intent. If you assume that and put that on your wall and put it in front of your computer and mm-hmm. put it in your mirror, or you're getting re- ready in the, in the morning, right? Then you won't get as mad when people are giving you, constru- getting you feedback that maybe you need to hear. Right. Maybe you'll see that grain or hear that grain of truth because you're assuming that they're coming at you from a place of caring, wanting to help you move forward, wanting to land on a solution. So that's probably the other thing I would say, you know, and, and to get people to talk to each other is to say, assume positive intent with the people yeah. you're interacting with. And, and you know, it's, it's awesome that you mentioned that because when you talk about helping teams and, and groups and organizations find their truth, so often when you talk about truth, people automatically assume it's negative. It's automatically got to be that there's something wrong, there's something that you're hiding, there's something that is not going right. They automatically assume the negative. And so, you know, because when I, when I talked to someone, I, I was mentioning to a friend of mine that I, I had you on, and I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about helping leadership teams find their truth. And they're like, oh, you're going to uncover all, the, all the, the skeletons in the closet. And I'm like, why does truth have to be a bad thing, though? Mm, mm, that's good. You know, yeah. and, and, and I think that when we look at especially in this climate, and I love the way you talk about our voices having power, social media gives people way too much access to (laughs) voices being heard. (laughs) Um, Because they don't understand the true power of it. And just this whole notion of your truth being what it is. It's not Mm. positive. It's not negative. It is what it is. And, and I think that when we look at, at truth as being just what it is, the way that we react to it, not respond, but react, 
is what causes it to have a negative or a positive connotation for us. But if we take that time, like you said, listen effectively, you know, give people back, you know, what, what you heard them say, and then move from there. Now we're responding and we can, we can create a much more, um, Envi a much more environment that's conducive to really great dialogue and enabling people to really move forward. Because I don't think that, I mean, and, and I know you can, you can speak on this, but with all the organizations that you go into and you talk to and the executive coaching you do, I would imagine that your primary obstacle is getting people to see things for what they really are and not what they think they are or they hope they are or they wish they are. Is, is that a valid statement? That is part of it. The other thing is once they see what it actually is, moving past it and creating their own reality, mm. right? Because sometimes what it is ain't so good. Right. And in order for us to move forward, if we're going to stay in the place we're at, like stay in our current role, stay in the current organization, we have to move past that reality and figure out what we can control. Mm -hmm. And how we can, and the one thing we can control, of course, is our mindset first. Mm -hmm. So I find that the majority of the things I talk to mostly executive leaders back is how can we change how we think about our current state, yes. the reality that you talk about, uh, that not all people are perfect. Not all situations are going to be falling in line, kind of what you're talking about beforehand. Um, but what, what, is it, what about that situation can we control and how can we move past that? Mm -hmm. And so that's really, that reframing thing is a big part of, of what I think happens inside of leadership teams, roundtables, pretty much all of that. Because you see it, you're like, for example, in the, in the instance of looking at, you know, thousands of employee engagement comments, uh, surveys, uh, results and comments, I have to go back and present those findings uh, to the leadership team. And sometimes it's very good news with like a bit of, okay, we need to improve here. Mm -hmm. And so one of the times I asked the leadership team, who here is okay with being average and mm. everyone was like heck no so i'm assuming everybody wants to move to green so if you okay. look at green red yellow and when right. we talk about the survey comments everybody wants to move to green okay great so now that we're in that place where i know we all want to move to green let's talk about how we get there so awesome. then it's not like oh well we're also we're all mostly green and so there's no reason to change it's no green all green is what we're looking for gray is not good enough gotcha and then if it's like let's say it's tons of red red meaning you you got a lot of work to do Right. Right. Then it's okay. Let's think about what this red means to our organization. And it, I'm trying to make them think more globally, not be so like, well, this department, is <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But I don't want you to start there. I want you to start with what are you, you know, what, what, where's your mindset and, and where are you looking at going forward? What's the journey here? Yeah. And once we get kind of past that point, now we can start talking about, okay, this department needs more help in this and this and that. Right. So those are, those are just the things we focus on. In, in, but, and I, I love the way you talk about, because of course, mindset's a mastery. Um, <laughs> I love the way you talk about it all starts in their mindset and the way that they're, they're framing this to, be, to begin with, because you can't, even though you have hard data, you have surveys, you have you know, um, empirical data, you have, okay, here's your sales figures, this is your market share. And even though you have facts that are irrefutable, if someone has a certain mindset or, or they're thinking about things through a certain lens or seeing it through a certain lens, it's going to be so hard to make any type of progress. Um, and, and, and especially it can impede your process to helping them see what the truth really is. Um, 
because I, I believe that there's two truths that people operate on. There's the truth of what's in their head <laughs> um, based on their emotions and backgrounds and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the truth of what is. And so I, you know, just from what you said, I can, I can see that you recognize that first I have to figure out what that truth is in their head first mm -hmm. and kind yeah. of, you know, shift that focus so that I can get them to really accept what the truth is of what is that we've got hard facts and data for. So that, that must be a really intense process. It is. And actually I do one step further. So there's this like, let me figure out your head. Now let's let you figure out what your current state is. And now let's talk about what we want it to be. Mm. So, right. And now it's, it's still, it's all in the head still, because once I get that, once the head is shifted, all the actions move into place and so do your results. Right. So it is very intense. It's, and I loved what you said earlier, which is, um, it doesn't, it takes a lot of patience to be in this role. And I don't have a lot of patience, but I know <laughs> because I'm dealing with organizations, they move slowly and I'm dealing with leaders who are their own separate people. Mm -hmm. It's going to move at a slower pace and I'm just going to be okay with that. And I just need them to buy into the fact that, for example, with the employee engagement, if you're looking, let's say you're on a top workplace list or some kind of, um, engagement, you know, top list or something, mm -hmm. and you want to keep moving up that list or you want to get on that list. Right. It's a slow process. It could be right. two, I call them cycles of listening and it could be two full cycles, three full mm -hmm. cycles before you really start to see movement on that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it does take patience, but it takes process and consistency. Mm -hmm. Uh, right. And I, what I tell people about employee experience and customer experience, to be honest, and relationships, uh, really is that a lot of it is built on process. So like things that you do the same way kind of every day yep. and it might feel robotic on the back end, but in the front end, you're producing these positive emotions inside those people, inside mm -hmm. the customers, because you followed your consistent process inside your employees. So an example of that might look like, um, let's say you have a cadence where on anniversaries, you guys put balloons in your cubicles for the people that it's their, their anniversary and you play a, a funny, silly song and everybody gets a tiny little cupcake, whatever it is. I'm saying this, this right. is an example. Let's say that happens with every employee in the company. Let's say it's 4,000 employees and it happens with every single one. Mm. Now you have a process in place, but in the front end, it produces such amazing emotion. They come in and they know to expect it. Right. They get what they expected and they're right. like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, right? So you've left with them with a positive emotion, but it, it created, it started with the process that you had in place. Yeah. And all those little processes along that journey create all of those different emotions. Yeah. And right? you know, I, I love that whole thing of the process behind it. Like you're not going to feel like doing it, you know, kind of like, you know, me in the gym. We have a love relationship. <laughs> right now I'm hating it. So I don't yeah. know. So, but what I figured out is, for me to establish a process, because I understood where I wanted to go, I understood my goal and all of this, and I had to change my mindset and my way of thinking about it. I thought I hated all exercise. I don't. I just don't like being in the gym. So I had to find a process that worked for me. So me, because I love being outside and I love, you know, nature, I go on nature walks instead. Mm, you know, nice. I can do five to six miles outside which is the equivalent of an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how, you know, what, what trail I take as opposed to, but if I tried to go in the gym for an hour, I would like after 15 minutes, I'm like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? <laughs> so this whole thing of understanding 
both the process that's necessary and that you have to be consistent in it, which I love, and then realizing that th- if you have to set yourself up for success, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. I, and seeing that goodwill and seeing that excitement, even though all the employees know, everybody gets it. But now it's my turn. You know, I get the balloon and the cupcake and, you know, and, and get, you know, acknowledged. And even though, you know, oh, they do this for everybody. No, but I get my balloon and my cupcake too. So now I'm excited. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, so it's this whole thing of understanding that when you recognize the truth and you recognize, you know, the truth of where you are and the truth of where you want to get to, and then you put these processes in place that you have to be consistent on because I'm, I'm a big believer like you are in consistency. You get that emotional, um, you, you get that emotional confirmation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, Absolutely. Think, I think that for all of us, we sometimes forget that even though we're talking business and professional and, you know, it's corporate and all of that, that doesn't mean that we're not human. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the way that you say that you have to think about the individual person, the people who are leaders, because they have their own emotions and their own thoughts and their feelings about it. And you've got the employees and you've got the clients. So you've got all of these different people with all of these different emotions that you have to wrangle and navigate and figure out how to, you know, put together into something that's going to create something positive that they want. Um, and I think that I think a lot of times we forget that. You know, just because it's your boss or just because it's the CEO or the CFO or whoever doesn't mean they don't have feelings and they don't Mm -hmm. have emotions. Um, So, and I kind of see where your employee whisperer thing comes from because you're you're (laughs) getting people to, you know, you can tune into all of that. Um, So, so what is the biggest obstacle that you have seen pop up when you start talking to leadership and teams and people about um, finding and embracing their truth. I off sometimes I talk to them in terms of their truth, and sometimes I don't. And it depends mm-hmm. on the leader and the leadership team and whether I think they can kind of handle me going down that road. Because sometimes it feels very counselorish to them, very mm. psychotherapistish. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so certain people like really like that side of me, and some people are like, "Ooh, this is feeling way too much like therapy," and so I don't go there, right? right. But in the end. Um, when I think about just talking to teams about the stuff that I talk about uh, with them, they're, they're, I think the biggest thing is probably they want to go, let's say it's a publicly traded company. They want to go to, okay, I get that that makes everybody feel good, but what does that do for stakeholders? What does that do you know, for shareholders? What does that do for the frontline sales? What does that do? Like it's always, they're wanting to go to that, that hard line uh, mm-hmm. type of thing. And I, what I do, I work with HR. So a lot of the work I do, I work through HR and get it done. So they're kind of my, the people that bring me in, I work with them as partners and I help them. So I'm their guide really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what'll happen is I talk to HR about trying to find some of that quantitative, the business oriented data that's inside of HR that mm-hmm. actually can tie to the frontline, let's say dashboards or key you know, KPIs that happen with the, the senior team so that people and people metrics I'm always the front and center for the executive team, but you, but you do it in an unemotional, mm-hmm. let not as much touchy feel it more of a like here. So for example, I'm looking at uh, turnover rates and I'm looking at, you know, the cost of like cost to acquire, cost to bring on a new employee, cost to recruit. Right. 
um, all of those things, but having those numbers on the back end. And then if you have like employee engagement, if you have employee engagement stats and scores, mm-hmm. look at what that's doing and try to find correlations as the lead HR person, mm-hmm. find correlations between those numbers, the business numbers, right? Revenue, whatever that might be, something that speaks to those people. Because you, and no matter what, when we're talking about listening um, and responding, Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants something to be done about what they hear. Can't always act on everything. Have to be strategic about your actions. Uh, but in the end, like with recognition or appreciation, people, not all people can be appreciated the same way. Mm. Like you do the same things for certain people. But for example, if there's that person who's what I call the high eye, since I'm discertified, that's mm. that person who's super enthusiastic, likes parties, likes attention. When you do that birthday celebration or the anniversary celebration, they want all their friends around. They want like, woo-hoo, and they want like party. And they want like the person who's that, like person who's like more introvert or the one who's just more reserved, they will take the stuff with the boot at their desk, but they're not wanting you to come around and be like, yay, and start singing happy birthday to them. They will be right. completely embarrassed. They will be like, yuck, 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 very rah, rah. Mm-hmm. So while you may do, again, this is that process thing, while you may do this thing for everybody and they'll still feel good inside quietly, right? If it's that kind of person, mm-hmm. that person who's the eye, you're going to come in and also like start doing some tad dances, start doing some silly stuff, put some clown <laughs> house, right? You're going to go nuts with that person. But the other person, who's more reserved, who's more of an indirect communicator, you're not going to do that. So understanding the motivations of those people, the people inside the leadership team, as mm-hmm. the person speaking to them, uh, the employees that report up to you, understanding the motivations is kind of key to getting anything done. Mm-hmm. So I think when we're looking at the, the leadership teams, if you could know that what makes them tick is going to be more, most of them tick, it's going to be more of the numbers, more of the proof, bringing the evidence, connecting right. the dots for them. Uh, then you're going to be a lot more successful achieving all this other stuff I'm talking about that's outside of that, you know, that, that just hold that basically drives up to that top line, you know, when you're right. thinking about strategic. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, 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 I'm, I'll agree with you wholeheartedly on this because there are some things that you may intuitively know and that you may say, you know, Hey, we get this, but ultimately the, the goal of the organization is to be profitable and to make sure that they're meeting their goals for their stakeholders and their shareholders and the board and, and all of this. And so I think that there's this delicate balance that has to be struck between understanding that even if you're, you know, if you're producing widgets that matter, you still have to deal with your people because your people and how they feel and how they feel appreciated and how much of a voice they feel that they have and how well you communicate with them and how well you've explained and, and established your vision and, and whether they feel that they're a part of this at all, mm-hmm. that's going to drive your success. So it's this whole balancing act between, you know, how do we measure the stuff that needs to, to happen and present it in a way that gets leadership to see that this is an alignment with the direction that we want to go because we're all ultimately trying to get to the same thing. We all want to make money and we want to all be successful so we can all keep our jobs. Um, But then quantifying it in a way where the qualitative stuff is, is being understood and being embraced and being heard um, Mm -hmm. in a way that is most effective. Um, I have this thing of saying that, you know, you have to find the chemistry behind the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are the, what are the components that you put together in order to create this certain emotion and this certain feeling? Well, that's mm-hmm. the same thing with businesses. You have to find the chemistry and, and the components behind what's going to make it successful and figure out the best ways to communicate it depending on who you're talking to. 
So I, I love everything. You and I are like kindred spirits here. We're just <laughs> we're like on the same page with this. And you know, if we can both go in and go like, yay, we're doing this and we're doing it. And people are like, whoa, like turn it down here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've learned that too because I am a high eye and I and I'm also a very relational person. So um, I'm immediately going to try to build rapport. And some people are like, "Woo, hold on, Kimasabi!" Yep. Like you know, you're just yeah. going a little bit too fast. So I have yeah. to. I've learned to rein that in quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, "Wait, why are we talking about my childhood? I just met you five minutes ago. We're not doing." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> But I think I, I love this and um and and what I wanted to get at with this and, and bringing this in and when I do this podcast um you know and I went back and forth about doing it because you know there's ton, there's tons of information out there already um you know tons of of people that have their their expertise and and all of that but one thing that I find that with this particular focus we don't talk enough about people's mindset. And we don't talk enough about how the way that they think impacts everything that they do. So I love the fact that your focus on employee engagement and, and helping to coach teams and executives and all of that has to do first and foremost with understanding how people think and then getting everybody on the same page with this vision. And then how do we move forward from there? Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a huge there's a, there's a huge untapped market in there um, as far as people really being able to understand how much of a strength that is to being able to do that. So I, I applaud you for, for jumping in and doing that work. Um, <laughs> and, you know, even though you're not patient with it, and, but you understand it's a process. Um, yeah. You're kind of like me, like, you know, I go in and I'm like, okay, we already understand it. Let's do this. Okay. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. These are the presses. Let's go. And they're like, well, we need to get this approved and we need to go through this. And we need mm -hmm. to go through that. You're just like, dude, we just spent, it, it's a day. We're good. Just change yeah. all the stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Not so much, right? Not yeah, so much. No, not so much at all. So um, this is going to be going um, live and, and I always keep it on my website and, and everything. And I'll, I'll have people's links and all that for how they can get in touch with you. But tell us what, what do you have going on with your, with your company and, um, and, and how can people get in touch with you? You know, I have all that stuff on the website, but I want them to hear about, you know, what you're doing and, um, and how they can connect with you and, and be able to engage with you so that you can help them to turn their organizations around and, and be fabulous. <laughs> Well, luckily for me, I always say that my clients are the heroes and I'm just the guide. So I'm there to, uh, you know, be a source of um, kind of like if they want to talk to someone and and shoot things to me, I can do that. Um, of course, I will give them the process that has been successful in the past for how do you move forward a culture mm -hmm. uh, that might be one that's not not of inclusive thinking, uh, mm -hmm. that is... Uh, maybe limiting in the belief system and in the mindset, how do we move that forward? So I can, I can give them some advice on that and help them work through it. I think my niche is really, to be honest, going hand in hand with my clients. But the thing I'm really most excited about, I'm waiting for my Ted talk to be live. Um, so as soon as that's live, I'm going to make sure you get it. So maybe if anybody who's listening wants to, wants to see that, but it happens to be on this idea of a mindset and overcoming obstacles and how do we do that. And of course mm -hmm. it's through the mind. So I'm pretty excited about that because I do think it's the foundation for everything else I do in the mm -hmm. leadership effectiveness and employee engagement space. So 
uh, yeah, you know, check out my site. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. Of course, I'm just trying to get, trying to work the business. I always tell people the struggles will, the hustle, the hustle is real when you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always out there. I'm willing to, to, you know, give an ear to anyone, of course, right. Mm -hmm. Employee whisper. That's what I do. I listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm going to have you back again. Um, once you finish your book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Working on that too. Second book, second book. Um, but thank you so much. Um, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Um, this is Keisha Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the Cars Group. I have been talking to Heather Younger, um, and we have given you some exciting tips and strategies and, and hopefully different ways of thinking about how to assist your leadership teams with finding their truth. Um, tune in again every week um, for a new episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. We are syndicated on Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com. And um, it comes out on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Mile High Radio. And then it is available on my website at 2 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. So tune in for a new episode. And until next time, change your mindset and master your success and have a great one.